And here. Here we go. One second. You can leave questions, I guess, to the end, if that's okay. Here we go. Recording in progress. Okay. So nice to meet you and everybody. Visit Hashem. Let's do this right now. Here we go. So the question has been asked. Um, Rabbi Nachman's view on smoking. First of all, when we say smoking, we're first addressing uh, regular smoking. I'm not going into drugs right now. It can be applied to drugs because Rabbi Nachman's addressing addictive smoking, which is common with tobacco. When you smoke tobacco, the normal procedures people do get addicted if this applies to drugs or not i don't know i'm not an expert in drugs if they're addictive or not but those which are which i can assume for example opium is one and in rabbi nachman's time also there possibly was opium those were addictive but how many people in ukraine were smoking opium you know maybe just very elite rich people but the average jews had access to tobacco (coughs) and then like today it was addictive on smoking, Rabbi Nachman said, like this, is it not enough the ta'avot, the desires and the lusts we have to deal with that we need to add another one? <laughs> in other words, already the challenges of life are so many in eating already. Let's just say eating and other lusts, sexual money, we need to add another one. You, it's not enough what you have, you have to make yourself a harder life. You see people who do smoke, cigarettes for example, they spend Tons of money. Tons of money wasted. You see them buying another pack, another pack, and it's expensive. It's not cheap cigarettes, you know? Here in Israel, for example, these, they have to spend tons of money, and they can't do without it. They can't do without it. Right after Yom Kippur, for example, the first thing people are addicted to do, they run to the cigarette. People who keep Shabbat, they're plotting. Was I really needed in life? Did I really need to start smoking in order to get addicted? And this is what Rabbi Nachman warned about, that it's an addiction. It's not enough. That what we, we have to deal with, we have to add another one. So Rabbi Nachman's view, obviously, is not to smoke. Is It's against smoking. Now, when, as, as a person who started already, so <laughs> they need a lot of rachamei shamayim to stop. There are all these ways to stop, and to, to, to break, you know, uh, all these addiction courses and everything. And even then, it's still hard. I understand. But we're speaking to people who before they start, look what you can get yourself into. Look what you can get yourself into. Is it needed to have an extra unnecessary lust and desire to, to make it hard for you? It's, 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 it's too much already. So this is Rabbi Nachman's view. He was against smoking, and again, the addictive smoking. About drugs, you know, marijuana and stuff like that, I'm not going into that. That's a whole different world. If it's addictive or not, I don't know. I'm not in that world, I'm not holding in that world to give a, to Rabbi Nachman's view. But what he did speak about is he did speak about smoking cigarettes. In his time also was prevalent snuff. Snuff being tobacco, even though it's taken from the nose, it's also addictive. And Rabbi Nachman spoke about how a person gets so attached to the snuff that he can't do without it also. And in his time, something which was prevalent in these little eastern Ukraine villages is that somebody ran out of snuff, so he would knock on his neighbor's door for some snuff, and he wouldn't be home, and his wife would be there, and there would be halachic problems of what's called yichud, being alone with another woman, just to get snuff. So Rabbi Nachman just extended to say, you're putting yourself in difficult situations, you're asking for it. You're asking for it. 
You're causing yourself more and more problems because of an addiction. And his, his, his suggestion is a person shouldn't even start. Shouldn't even start. You're not born with an addiction to smoke. You choose to start. People fall into the trap of smoking and getting addicted because of what they're going through. They have all types of justifications, all the pressures. If it's a teenage peer pressure or depression, so the one avenue they can think of is smoking. Or, in most cases, to look cool. That's another example of peer pressure when you're a teenager. How hard it is not to smoke when all the cool kids are smoking and you're not going to smoke. Come on, you stick out. So his advice, be smart. Don't start. If you start, it's going to be almost impossible to stop. There were breast liver chassidim who were smokers and they regretted it. And they told people, don't start. Even Rav Moshe Feinstein, I remember there was a, a lachik question about smoking. He said, if you, don't, if you didn't start yet, don't because it's forbidden. And if you started already, <laughs> you need a lot of compassion to stop. What can you do? There were many big rabbis that would smoke two packs a day, three packs a day, because they started. It was hard. Rabbi Nachman's advice, be smart, be wise, don't start in the first place. Because then you're going to have, have a situation where you, where, where, what can you do? You're not dependent upon it, and it's just wasting tons of money, tons of energy, and tons of life. They, they, they say in big, smoking kills. You're just smoking a cigarette. It's just in the package, smoking skills, and you're still taking it. What's going on? The person says, I know, but what can I do? I know what can I do. It doesn't really kill. All types of justifications. He says, Rabbi Nachman, quoting Rashi in, uh, in the book, Sichot Aran, uh, Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, that in order for falsehood to be accepted, a person has to have some truth in it. Like, for example, the spies, when they came back from spying the Holy Land, so they came back and told Moshe and the Jewish people, Tova ha'aretz me'od The land, the Holy Land, is very good, and here are the fruits. So you would wonder, Rashi says, you know, they want to say slander, and they're saying something good? So he says, Rashi, in order for falsehood to be accepted, you have to mix in a little bit of truth. If there's no truth at all, not even a modicum, a drop, people won't accept the falsehood. That's how people convince themselves to do something wrong. They put in a little bit of truth to cover it up, and that way, people are convinced to do it. But when there's not even a drop of truth, and it's 100% false, 100% shaker, everybody runs from it. So when they, for example, they run in the package, smoking skill, kills, so the person says to himself, yeah, but they're talking about somebody who smokes 10 packs a day. I only smoke 9 packs a day, so it doesn't apply to me. You know, there's a rationale, justification, why to do it. This also is how the Yitzhah works every day of a person. Ah, it's not bad. Another 5 minutes, you'll be late for davening, so what? Ah, it's okay, another cookie, you're not going to kill yourself. It's always a justification of mixing in truth with the falsehood that gets a person to fall. That's how the Yetzirah works. Yetzirah, <coughs> he doesn't attack head-on. He has to work in a cunning manner to fool a person into doing something that he shows him as being the truth. But once it becomes revealed that it's false, then the Sheker falls totally. 
So in this case also of addictions, a person's always justifying himself. It says in the package, smoking kills. Nah, it doesn't apply to me. What, what do you mean it doesn't apply to you? Who says? No, it's only for, like we said, 10 packs. I'm, I'm, I'm only 8 packs. I'm okay. That's the, that's the test. A person has to do a lot of davening already as it is to be clean from this world. So like we said, you, you're just adding upon yourself another unnecessary burden. So yes, Rabbi Nachman was very against smoking. In his time, it was tobacco, uh, snuff, cigarettes were later on. In his time, there was a pipe. You may ask, and Rav Nosson brings this up, that Rabbi Nachman, like the Baal Shem Tov, they had a pipe. And they smoked from time to time. So Rav Nosson writes, Ah, and that the Rebbe himself did smoke. He said about that, he had different intentions all, all, all together. His intent wasn't to enjoy himself and have a smoke and take a puff. These tzaddikim, when they smoked, and it was from time to time, and it wasn't through addiction, it was to do whatever rectifications and tikkunim. Rav Nosson says clearly, these tzaddikim are on a different plane, that they didn't have a lust for smoking. They killed it already a long time ago. When they smoked, they had different Kabbalistic intentions, whatever. That's them. But the average Jew, who's on a daily struggle with his desires and his lusts, you need this? You need this extra burden of smoking? What, what, what is it going to add? How is it going to help you? You know it's gonna, not going to help you. person feels he's calmer when he smokes. Yeah, but then you get addicted to it. So now every time you need to be calm, you run to cigarettes. And Rabbi Nachman was very against being addicted okay people can say this might also apply to drinking coffee you know a person is a coffee addict you know you can't you have to drink 10 20 coffees a day but you don't have to be addicted it's, it's very easy to get off coffee it's not addicting like tobacco tobacco is known because of what it contains inside it to be addicting these things are dangerous food is not like i'm addicted to food you have to eat food the thing is, if a person is eating over, 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 the, over the necessary, then he has to fight his tava, his lust for food. But it's not addicting. Smoking is addicting. Alcohol also eventually becomes addicting also. Rabbi Nachman was against a person being dependent on an item outside of him that he can't live without it. I can't do without it. That's what he was against. We have to train ourselves to live a life where I'm not dependent. It's called in Hebrew, tliot. I'm not dependent on anything around me. I can self-serve Hashem as I am. To eat, we need to eat. To drink, you need to eat, fine. To, to bring children to the world, you need to bring children into the world. To make money, to run a business, you need. These are not addictive. There is a yetzara, there is an evil attack and inclination in food, in the area of sexual relations, etc., and activity, and money. Yes, that's a ta'ava, that you have to fight because that's a battle in daily living. But it's not an addiction. Smoking ruins a person's free will. Alcohol ruins a person's free will. I remember I had a friend whose brother got involved in heroin when he was young. And he's spending the rest of his life in some, I don't know if it's a rehab center, but a place where, he, where they have to give him uh, a dosage of opium every day for the rest of his life. And the person, he's like lost his total free will. He's not a person anymore. He's like a, like a puppet, like, a, like, a, like a, a sitting, walking vegetable. I don't know how do you call him. 
And look what happened to a person. He just killed his own free will by becoming addictive to something dangerous, such as opium. It's chaval that a person ruins their life before they have a chance to live it even. This is what Rabbi Nachman was worried about. Don't get into an addiction that will now ruin the rest of your life. You're going to be dependent upon it, okay? This is great for someone before they're starting. It's why it's important to hear these classes and to get to the, these teachings before. But many people who are already fallen to the, to the trap, their only hope, it looks like, is a lot of davening, a lot of prayer, because the, the real truth is Hashem is so big, Hashem is so big, and miracles do happen, personal miracles happen, that even a person who is addicted can get out. I can't talk because I, I'm not there, I wasn't there. But we're taught that this is the case, and a person has to be strong and determined, a lot of davening, a lot of what's called siyata dishmaya, a lot of divine providence, and a lot of tzaddikim. A person needs a lot of merits and prayers of tzaddikim on his behalf to help him get out of these dependencies. So to sum it up, smoking, no. <laughs> no smoking. No smoking, nothing addictive, because it's going to ruin your life. It doesn't help starting to get into it. A person should be smart should have enough of a brain to know that this is not for him. This is not an avenue to release one's lusts and desires. A person should take another healthy attitude. A person is built up, maybe go for a walk, to go for a jog, to do something, some type of exercise to let out what's inside of them building up instead of taking it out on alcohol or smoking. But that is not the way. The solution is not in smoking and the solution is not in drinking. All right? Thank you for joining. Um, questions, whatever. I don't think there's any questions. It's pretty clear. If you have a question, do you have a question? No questions, Rob. Thank uh, you very much. All right. Have an amazing Shabbos, everybody. Have a beautiful etrog. And make sure you're happy. The main thing on this Chag, like it says, It's a commandment to be happy on Sukkot because the Simcha on Sukkot is able to travel for the rest of the year. That's why it's so important. And because of that, the Yitzhara makes it difficult to be happy on Sukkot. <laughs> Person is heavy and drained and everything. Not because, what's happening to me? It's because this is the, this, this is the challenge here. Yeah, when you know that you're being challenged on the Simcha, you'll be, you'll be even more strong to try to combat it, knowing that this is what the Yitzhara wants. Alright, thank you for joining. Beautiful Shabbos, everybody. Thank Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Oh, nice to see you. Kol Tuv. Hello from New York. Hello. Thank you. Shalom from and New Jersey also. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you. Recording stopped.